These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Off the Ball Daily, a home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. Everyone wants to see what Jockvich is doing at home and, you know, everyone wants a little insight into what's making him the best tennis player in the world. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. I'm delighted to be joined now by the former Donegal minor footballer, Michael Murphy, as he looks ahead to this Sunday's Electric Ireland GAA All Ireland Minor Football Championship final between Monaghan and Derry, kicking off at one o'clock in Box IT Armagh. This summer, Electric Ireland is using their social channels to spotlight a player each week partaking in the football, hurling, and camogie minor championships. You can follow the campaign on social media at Electric Ireland and via the hashtag. This is major. Michael, how are you? Good, John. Good to be here. Thank you. Great to, great to talk to you as always, Michael. Uh, let's start with your minor days. Were you 16 playing for Donegal Minor? Uh, yeah, got, so I've got two years at, uh, at minor. First year in 2006 and second year 2007. Second year was a little bit more kind of interrupted. I was both the kind of Donegal 21s and seniors that year, so it was a lot of mixing and juggling, but... Um, and it was a first round exit in 2007 too. So, uh, but 2006 now we had, we had a great year. We won we won Ulster Minor uh, League and the Ulster Minor Championship, um, and we got beat in the semi final in Crow Park against Kerry against Tommy Austin David Moore. I'll never forget it to this day. It was a it was a scar that I still I still carry. They were. Um, they were giants. You were a young, young sixteen-year-old going into that field to battle with with, with Tommy Walsh. It was, um, yeah, it was an experience, um, but an experience nonetheless that was a good one in terms of you. You came away from it and you realised the level, and you and you said, right, pull the socks up and, and let's go at this thing and, and and try and get get stuck into getting a little bit quicker, a little bit stronger, and a little bit a little bit better. You know, so that's it was a learning that I, that I took away. You know. Were you petrified the night before, Michael? Were you? Uh, do you know what we did at that stage? You know, video analysis and everything was starting to to come in, but you were you were coming off reports. You know, you hadn't seen them. You know, with all the video going around now, I'm sure every minor team sees each other or would have played against each other at schools level or something. You know, but we were just told, you know, that you know Tommy Walsh is you know son of a Kerry legend, a big man, that kind of way. But it wasn't until the ball, you were standing beside him in the middle of Crow Park and the ball has been thrown up in the air for the, for the start of the game that you really realised the, the the ability and the, and, and the size of, of himself and David Moore. Um, so, yeah, no, probably not. No, I, was, I was excited the night before. Then we're going down the road. We stayed in, stayed in Dublin the night before. 
and we're going down, you know, excited and, and confident as you would do at that age off the back of an Ulster, a successful Ulster campaign. But um, yeah, we were we were humbled, humbled that day and and uh, Crow Park. Did that give you the taste? So I want a bit more of this. I think it did. Yeah, uh, we're very fortunate. It was the time when Ulster finals were being played in Crow Park, uh, and we were one of the lucky teams, the minor team. We played Antrim there in the in the Ulster final, so we got two shots at Crow Park that year. Uh, so up until that, it was just your your you know your annual visit to to go up and and to watch games up there, but to actually get you know to get the opportunity to to step foot out there was just. And for, for for me, it was just it was exciting. It was just like like you said, it was the place that you wanted to be, and that, that you got the taste of it around it. And it was just listen, it was immaculate. The grass was immaculate. Just everything was. You felt the ball travel further. Um, the big games were being had around there, and it was just uh, listen. It was, yeah, you wanted the taste to, to to get back there. Um, so it took a couple of years to get back there, but it was uh, it was nice nonetheless. You know. Derry and Monaghan in the final tomorrow, a novel pairing. They they are, um, but well, well deserved. Uh, seen them on a couple of occasions, seen Monaghan early in the year against Fermanagh and in the early rounds, seen them playing actually against uh, Derry too uh, a number a number of weeks ago. Um, and I've seen Derry a couple of times too. They were really impressive against Galway in the All Ireland quarter final, I think it was down in down in Carrick. Um, really, really good, dangerous inside forwards, really strong defensively. Play look and play quite similar, it looks like, to watching your Derry senior team in ways. Monaghan has serious speed. Um, really a couple of really good nippy forwards. Um the, the the game that they had a number of number of weeks ago, um, that was that was exciting. Um, I remember sitting sitting down to watch. I think it was on a Sunday evening here, and it was um, it was really really good. So, listen, novel pairings, but again, underlines the trajectory of both the counties. You know, it's just amazing what a bit of senior success can do. It it really invigorates those young lads. They get an opportunity to see a picture of what's ahead of them and say, you know, I want to be part of this. You know, successful senior squads and. And it's a great building block, you know. It's um, a great build, building block to see these young players come through. You know, not so long ago, Derry had very um, successful minor and twenty sides, um, and they're now backbone in their senior side. Um, and no doubt, a lot of these Derry and Monaghan, you know, players that's playing playing tomorrow will be will be will be looking to to get um, will be looking to get to get stuck into senior sides in the years coming. Yeah, Derry won in twenty twenty three years ago. They won the minor All Ireland. Monaghan have never won it. Their first appearance is 1939. When you consider, Michael, Monaghan's a county of just over 60,000 people. What they're doing at the moment in football is pretty staggering. Yeah, it, it, it is. And and you know what? Uh, no one, a lot of the Monaghan current senior players at the moment and, and, and no one, you know, just, just saying, coming up against them over the years and, and just even underage coming up against them. Sometimes, you know, when you're in an old from club level here within the county, when you maybe have limit limitations in terms of certain resources, you know, in terms of numbers as we're speaking there, you squeeze as much as you can out of the things that you need to. You focus on the on the big things to get right. Um and I think it's a lesson towards maybe, you know, certain places that have a lot of numbers that, you know, focus on the big elements. You know, sometimes you can start focusing on minor little things and and trying to tweak them because they're the new glitzy things to get right. But credit for credit is due to Monaghan. They have got the, they've squeezed everybody out of the can. And you know what? They have quality. And that's the, that's, that's another big thing that's, 
that sometimes can be overlooked. You look at their senior side playing at the weekend, and instead of seeing this this minor side playing over the last number of of weeks, too, have seen them on three occasions. They have quality players, quality footballers, and sometimes quality can't be be, be replaced in a lot of the sides. And um, listen, they have a togetherness, a small togetherness, where they're maybe you know on a weekly basis they're battling against the odds. I'm sure that gives them serious motivation. But they squeeze as much as they can out of their resources, and they have they have serious quality in their ranks too. You know, at senior level, no more so than Conor McManus. He still has it. Put that penalty away against Armagh. <laughs> pe- pe- penalties. Um, one top right corner, one top left corner. Uh, was lucky, you know, as I say, to 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 got known Connor very well. I'm still fairly friendly with him. Uh, roomed with him on international rules trips on a couple of occasions, and. You know he's uh is is a predator. He's got he's got instincts that that I have yet to see many if any players having in terms of the you know getting the ball anywhere inside the the attacking forty five. He has an ability to get a shot away, which more often than not goes over the bar. Um, and it was no surprise to see him coming on again at the weekend uh, with his first touch. Uh, you know absolutely uh, underneath the Hogan stand. Uh, really difficult kick, even for somebody that had been playing all game. It was a difficult kick for him to to strike that ball ten yards outside the right hand post and to to drop back in. You know it wasn't surprised. It wasn't shocked. Um, and again the composure that he showed. And let's face it, a lot of the penalty takers showed on on at the weekend. Um, was 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 frightening. You know. Monaghan have a huge amount of resilience, Michael. In four games of the championship, they've won twice in injury time and they've drawn twice in injury time. So there's something there. That, that, that is not a coincidence, it seems. It, it, it's not. As I said, I kind of reiterate remember a number of times in watching it. When it happens once, you might say to yourself, okay, it might be a little bit of a, a, a coincidence. Um, or, you know, when it happens twice, you say, all right, you know, you, maybe to some people point, they, they ride their luck. But when it happens this number of times, both within this season, but also down the years, then it becomes a trait, I think. You know, it becomes a trait of this team that they actually, they, they, they revel in it. You know, they, these players revel in it. You know, and you, and you look at the, around their team and the Ryan Wileys, you know, the, the Kieran Duffys, you know, the, the Carl O'Connells, the two Hugheses, you know, we mentioned Conor McManus. You know, Rory Began, these players have been there for so long and have demonstrated these capabilities and they're really, really strong traits to have. So um listen, they, they have a they've they'll be looking at I'm sure as a huge opportunity uh, against Dublin. Uh they've they've tightened Dublin before and in, in, in league games and, and they're not too distant um and they're not too distant past. Um the, the scary thing about it, I think, from the Monaghan and Derry perspective and, and both the senior semi-finals is, has been the performances of Kerry and, and Dublin most recently. Um, and I think that's that, that should be alarm bells for both Monaghan and Derry, which I'm sure it, it, it would be anyway. But we, we know uh, Kerry and Dublin for like a lot of the, the, the viewers would see Kerry and Dublin or onlookers would see Kerry and Dublin as really strong attacking flamboyant teams who, who rack up huge scores and they've done that at the weekend too but the thing what really struck fear and, and to me or for upcoming teams that are playing against them is their defences were back their their hunger their energy their drive their tenacity and, and their hunger to defend you know David Clifford was going around trying to defend and stop Tyrone forwards the, the Kerry Tyrone game where we thought Tyrone would bring a real defensive edge and togetherness and solidarity. It was actually Kerry that brought it. 
it was Kerry that done it her own on on her own, and um and and Dublin, you know, yeah, maybe the first twenty minutes a little bit leaky, uh, Ryan O'Donoghue getting in for the scores, but when they started to press on that opposition kick out for them a number of minutes before half time where they where they where they flung the game out to nine six and then for the for that kind of moving quarter at the start of the second half to me that was the that was that was the questions we had lingering over Dublin and Kerry. I felt that the questions I had lingering over in Dublin and Kerry, do they have the hunger and the desire and the defensive togetherness to win all Ireland's? Because listen, you know, attacks will, will, will get all Ireland's to get you to all Ireland's, but I do believe it's your defence is what really carries you over Ireland's. We'll carry Kerry over the line last year against Galway, getting to that all Ireland. You know, the the flamboyant nature of, of Clifford, the two Cliffords and O'Shea was was phenomenal last year, but it was the solidarity of Morley, a sweeper, you know, uh, Foley at full back. That's what, to me, you know, one carrying all there last year is the question marks I had over them this year, but they definitely got it back last, last weekend, you know, both sides. The way you're speaking, Michael, you can only see one final. <laughs> That's listen. That's just going into last weekend. Um, I think going into the quarterfinals, you know, there was as much as we went for the favourites, we felt things would be a bit closer than they actually were. Um, other than obviously their man Donovan game played out to be, you know, very close. Fourteen, you know, fourteen occasions throughout the game they were level, but it's hard to look past. And again, again, I keep going back to it's not to being dismissive of Monaghan or Derry and the, and the efforts that they're going to bring and the ability that both of them sides have and have shown so far. It's it's the all-round nature that I've seen from Kerry and Dublin last day out. And that's what I'm clinging my hat on in terms of, I've no doubt about Kerry and Dublin's attacking prowess, but it was there without the ball. So next day out, even if Monaghan and Derry managed to thwart, you know, Kerry and Dublin's attacks for long periods and stop them from scoring and frustrate them, I also think Dublin and Kerry will frustrate Derry and and Monaghan without the ball. And that's where I struggle to see Derry and Monaghan get consistently enough scores to to trouble um to trouble to trouble both sides, you know. Yeah, Paddy Talley's obviously done great work since coming into Kerry. He only conceded the goal in the championship this year. They've limited the amount of turnovers. With Dublin, Cluxon hasn't conceded a goal, obviously, in the championship since 2019. Uh, when you're, If you're like a Derry person, uh, look, they have their style. It's defensive. It's very much possession-based. They build up the play quite slowly. They've got Shane McGuigan in attack. Do you similar, see similarities maybe to, say, maybe 2011 when you played that semi-final against the Dubs? It was 8-6 to Dublin. You got a bit of criticism. But then you evolved your game. You came back a year later and you were able to then unify everything and win the All-Ireland. Yeah, listen, there, there, there's similarities, and you can you can hear and see them them, them drawn quite quite a lot, and and I think Derry actually think that they have evolved this year. I, I think, and and not only do they think, I think they have evolved this year to to a better attacking force. They're a better attacking force than they were last year going into play Galway. Um, you know, Shane McGuigan has kept his really consistent top level nature, but quiet last day out. But you know, I think. We're safe to say that he's been a really, really strong, consistent performer for them up front. Um, and I also look at Ethan Doherty, Paul Cassidy, you know, Niall Laughlin, and even, you know, the contributions of Brendan Rogers, uh, Connor Glass, and their half back line, Connor Doherty. I think they're getting more rounded number of scores. So I think attacking ways, they do believe they're further down the line than they were last year. I just don't know how far down are, are, are they enough down the line? Like, I mean, to beat. You know Dublin. You know you're realistically going to need to be to be upwards of 
you know, 17, 18 points, 118, 117, that type of scoreline. Um, and against Cork the last day, you know, Derry struggled to probably get to that, you know, pitch maybe towards the end, yet they were they, they were getting there towards that pitch. So I just don't know whether they're going to be able to rack up that score. I've, I've actually, you know, I fancy them yet yeah, to, to stifle Dublin. Um, I think defensively, individually, Derry are very sound. And then when you add on top of individually being very sound with the likes of Chrissy uh, McKay, you know, Conor McCluskey, uh, Gareth McKinless, you know, Owen McAvoy, a young 18-year-old coming in for his first year, senior this year, he's had a phenomenal year. Those individuals will be able to to to, to really go toe-to-toe with the likes of uh, a Con and, you know, the, the likes of a Colin Basquiat. And then you add onto that, that collective together, that shield that Conor Glass and Brendan Rogers puts around it. Defensively, I think that they'll do okay. I, I just don't know. In order to win a game, you need to score. And I just yeah. don't want to be able to rack up that big score. The outrageous piece of skill that David Clifford showed against Tyrone, uh, Michael, you as a top-level forward, what can you identify in what David has that other people just don't have? And you were at the top level. <laughs> you can't identify with that. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever, I've ever had even a, a glimpse of even identifying with was doing something like that. That was um, a frightening. I was down along the Hogan stand side there with him. It, it was, it was phenomenal. You know, people pointed to him maybe in the game that he was quite quiet. In nine shots from play, yeah, listen, albeit that maybe only converted one, but in any other. Field sport game, GA game that you would go and watch, be that underage, you know, early rounds of national leagues. For any player to have nine shots from play, it's an absolute crazy, you know, statistic to potentially even look at. But listen, you know, that one where you had Parry Campsey, who who did a really good job for, on him, and you had uh Rona McNamee bearing down, you know, two of Tyrone's tick tough warriors bearing down on him. For him to have the the wherewithal to see that and then the ability to execute it. You know, some people, you know, really, you know, strong intellectual players might be able to see it. Um, some players might be really skillful at being able to execute something like that, but to, but to be able to execute and see it was, was was something unreal. And to see it going into Tony Brosnan's arms, for it not to bounce, you know, 10 metres away from him, to not to bounce over his head, but to actually bounce right into his chest, it was... It was um, yeah, it was a joy to behold. And listen, his consistency, I think, is... I was speaking to Mark O'Shea and, and Paddy Andrews just before the game. We're covering it. We're just saying, like, have we ever seen this level of consistency before from a, from a Gaelic footballer? And I don't know, have we seen it? Like, we're, we're looking at a consistency level now of, you know, schools football. You know, Sigerson Cup, we're looking at him playing with his club. Um we're looking at him, you know, playing that coming in to play national league games in cold, wet nights um, around the country. National, you know, early rounds of Munster, and and to see him now in the big stage, to see that level of consistency day in day out, I think is that that's the part that gets me, and it shows you that there must be a real steely, tough competitor within there, along with all that ability, you know. The dubs look like 2019 vintage. You had Paul Mannion back. You have Jack McCaffrey coming off the bench. Stephen Cookson's obviously there. Pat Gilroy's in the backroom team. They were kicking the ball as well. They played stylish football. They they, they did. Um, you know, they, they they went forward. They struggled a wee bit at the start of the game going forward. Um, you know, they dropped a few balls short um, and, and whatnot. But they were they were they were back to themselves. There was like a hunger, and I think for Dublin, 
um, by, by the way this championship is, is going to be to be run out they got an opportunity to play Mayo who put them out of the championship uh, two years ago I think those senior players the, the McCarthy's McCaffrey's the Mannions the you know the the Cons, uh, you know the Cluxtons all of those wanted and were hungry to put to put right that wrong you know they, they were they're competitive in terms of they want to beat Mayo again and I think that fixture couldn't have came at a better time for Dublin so there was a hunger there to to, to beat Mayo all going well next day and they managed to overcome Monaghan like everybody's expecting them to do they get an opportunity to play Kerry they get an opportunity to one another all Ireland but the big, the big motivating factor that I would see maybe from those senior players who I think is really going to bring them over the line. Yes, the Colin Baskells are coming in, the Lee Gannons are coming in, the Darren Newcombs, those new players are coming in, but it's those bigger players, the Cons, the, the McCarthy's, you know, the Kieran Kilkenny's coming in even the last day off the bench. It's them that's going to drag them over the line and I think there's enough hurt within them to beat Kerry after last year's semi-final, uh, that will actually be the motivating factor to potentially bring them over the line now Ireland. Very interesting, Michael. Your own county, Donegal, it's been a bit of a turbulent year. Uh, Paddy Carr left, you had Aidan O'Rourke leave there recently, relegated from the league. Uh, disappointing defeat to Tyrone in the end. What's your kind of feelings about the year as a whole in Donegal? Ah, listen, it was it was it, it was difficult. It was difficult to watch, and you know the the senior manager appointment dragged on. You know it'll probably left uh, a better taste in terms of was there a massive amount of interest in the role in the first place? No, potentially not. Um, fairness, the management team came in. The national league didn't start great. A lot of players were missing. I think something that can't be. That, that can't be overlooked, I think, when we look at it. You know, players want to go away traveling, working, um, injuries, uh, you know, injuries to Patrick Berti, Oshin Gallen out, you know, Ryan McHugh with an injury. You know, missing your quality, I think, is, is difficult. And, and you know, I suppose as a Donegal person, we pray that, you know, they're all back next year and healthy and fit, like, you know, I suppose Patrick and, and Oshin did come back towards the, the end of the, 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 the end of the championship, you know, but, um, Listen, it was it was a difficult one to to to, to watch and to see, and obviously then throw into that the, the the academy issue around that really, I suppose, escalated the you know the the down you know the lack of confidence and the downness that everybody's both Donegal person was feeling. You know, um, there was a kick, there was a kick from the senior side in terms of you know ones against Clare, better performance against Derry, a one against Monaghan. Um, but I suppose last day out against Tyrone probably was much more like what we have seen all year. Um, and, and where there was that kick, you know, will give you that bit of a, a hope in terms of, you know, in terms of just hopefully next year, get a manager in. You know, the process selection is, is open. You know, candidates can can, can apply now already. Uh, there's, a, there's a deadline for the end of July, which will hopefully mean an earlier appointment than last year. And I think an earlier appointment is key to getting the thing back and running again, because I suppose next year will be Division 2. There'll be a lot hanging on Division 2 from the, from the end of January in terms of consolidating or, or getting into I think not consolidating but actually getting into and driving towards the Sam Maguire um, competition um, we've seen how tricky that was for teams to navigate this year and you know to look at Cork who were all of a sudden maybe a week away or a game away from Talton Cup to seeing them actually being you know a better attacking performance away from an All-Ireland semi-final shows you the fine margins of this thing so 
the next year's senior side in Donegal hopefully will have our best players back. Hopefully, again, we'll have a new manager on quite early. Uh, and hopefully, as I say, we'll be ready to go over them in January. Was it regrettable that Carl Lacey felt he had to walk away, Michael? It's regrettable, surely. I mean, the, the, the work that he had done, um, this would have been year three of the academy. The two years prior to that, the work that was beginning to be done here, long-standing, uh, you know, difficulties in Donegal geographically were, were about trying to, you know, really uh, match schools together with academies and things like that. We were something we always struggled with in the county. That was beginning to not only be set up, but it was beginning to flourish. Um, the, the, the academy teams were beginning to flourish. The, the, the coaches we were getting more and more coaches involved. They were getting education. They were becoming, you know, again, they were they were they were, they were actually following teams up the up, up the ladder, and things were just really beginning to be done right. You know, you would have been training as a senior a team up in the centre of excellence, and you would have been seeing how the thing was run, you know, in and out, as you would have been seeing over your shoulder, teams, different teams, non-rage teams training. So, yes, it was beginning to really flourish. You felt in year three it was going to, you know, I suppose take off the building blocks were there for it to flourish even further. Um, so, yes, absolutely regrettable for it that it's that it wasn't able to, 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 to continue on. But... Here's hoping, as I say, the report has been done. Uh, report has been has been drawn up. There's been actions within the report, um, and here's hoping again those actions can get looked at and things can get back to where they were. Because again, the report outlines there was a hell of a lot of good work done. And as I say, hopefully we can try and you know encapsulate that now before it goes any further down the down the year. You know, there's one year lost there, but again, it's only one year. If we can take the learnings from it and put it right as a county, you know. Yeah, and there was criticism in that report as well, the Joint National Ulster GA Committee report about certain aspects of governance on Donegal. When I look at Jim again, I look at the way you you worked with Jim as captain in 2011, 2012, all those years, 2014. You need somebody dynamic in there, Donegal, don't you now? As a new manager, you, you need somebody of that calibre, probably. You know, It won't be Jim, but you know what I mean? Yeah, listen, come here. You you you, you want you want somebody in definitely. I think that that group of players that that, that are there at the moment and within Donegal senior football, I think there there's a hell of a lot of ability there. There's a there's a need now for for somebody to come in with it with a vision. I think for the players, but also to uplift the county. You know, I think the the whole county needs an absolute uh, a lift from 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 all around from all facets. And you know, this county has shown before once. Once there is a lift, however small that lift may be, that, that they'll absolutely row on behind it. Uh, and everybody, fans alike, will travel and row on behind whatever we need. So, um, yeah, listen, we need to get that. You know, I think there's enough. You know, we've seen a number of, I suppose, of, of, of I suppose maybe former players, you know, the likes of Colin McFadden's and Mark McHughes and, you know, Paul Durkins have all got involved, you know, with Leo McClunes and, 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 and Amy McGee's all involved recently, you know, with Donegal under 20 sides, with Sligo was common. So there's enough, I suppose, them that are out trialing and, and, and trying to, to educate themselves and forward themselves. So hopefully there's a, there's enough interest for the role. And as I say, an appointment could be made soon and we can get the ball up and rolling as a county again to get to get pushing towards that end of January date. You're the head of sport at ATU, Donegal and Leonard Kenny. What's the day today for you, Michael? Yeah, so you know, it's, it's, it's everything around. I suppose that the, the sporting offering within within ATU Donegal, you know, be that the, the comp- competitive sport offering, the, the recreational the sport offering. Um, yeah, there, there, there's so many facets to it now. The 
that the suppose the stereotypical sports that that were always on offer for you know your soccer your Gaelic games and, and and basketball you know there's more and more interest from students now in a variety of different sports um and that's keeping everybody on toes to try and provide provide offerings and, and and seeing if there's 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 ways for those you know students to compete and and to get on recreationally so yeah listen and, and throughout the summer and looking to design programs again for for, for next year um and yeah listen we, we've recently moved on to to become a, a technological university along with with galway and sligo and yeah, we've counterparts there too that we're we're learning from, and, and they've done things well in the, in the sporting sphere too. So it's um yeah, listen, it's, it's a vibrant place to be about and a, and a good place to be around, and and looking forward to keeping trying to develop things there uh, in the future. If I remember rightly, are you a Liverpool man? Liverpool man, Liverpool man through 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 through. So um, keeping up to date with all transfer rumors and happenings and and everything. <laughs> so we have another six signings to make. I think they all, they all <laughs> You're doing a bit of coaching as well. Doing a bit, yeah. So I'm in with uh, or or Fully, uh, under 17s was in last year with them, and uh, I'm currently in this year with them again. So championship, funny enough, started on Monday night. We played uh, we played Gidor. Uh, Neil McGee was the was the manager of the of the Gidor side, so we were we were uh, we were battling on the sideline. But it's um, yeah, they're a great they're a great age group, they're a great cohort. We've been very lucky in the club to have two brilliant cohorts last year and this year, and uh, yeah, just trying to 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 feel feel way into it. I'm along with another club man, Gary McFadden, and we're we're um we're we're trying to to coach and manage the best way we can and, and as I say they're under seventeens is younger, you know, it's definitely obviously it's younger than under eighteens was. So yeah, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year olds who are uh, who are who are just trying to to find a way and we're just trying to create a create a good place for them and hopefully they enjoy it. The Electric Ireland All Ireland minor football final tomorrow. Derry Monaghan at one o'clock in the Athletic Grounds, Michael. We'll just finish where we started. What would your advice be to a young person maybe involved there tomorrow or involved as a young minor in the intercounty scene or even the club scene that wants to have aspirations of being a senior? What are the do's and don'ts for the next few years for these great people? Yeah, listen, it's, 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 a, it's a crazy one. It's one you think going around your head all the time when you're going out to coach. Listen, it's uh, the first one that you say that no young person ever listens to. I never listen to is to go and enjoy it. They're so young, like you forget about it. You think maybe tomorrow is going to be the be all and end all for these, you know, young boys. It's not. It's absolutely not. I look at myself as a as a minor, and over, you know, I definitely, you know, we we could beat in the first round uh, stage at um in in two thousand seven. I spoke earlier on in the interview about you know coming away from the the Tommy the Tommy Walsh as a boys experience that I would call it. You know, enjoy it tomorrow. They've done so well, both of the sides, to get there um, and learn from it, come away from it. The team that wins it, that's not going to make their world forever more of men. Do you know what I mean? They're going to have to get up the next day and, and try and improve and, and go on on their journey again. So learn from it. And um, listen, they, they have, you know, they have challenges that they'll be overcoming and trying to overcome in the coming years. And, you know, as I say, just keep enjoying it, learn from all the experiences they're going to have over the next couple of years. And, you know, you know, not to be to be finished on a negative, but it is a negative, you know, they'll have a number of experiences and challenges that they will overcome in the next few years. And a lot of it is, you know, learning potentially for a lot of them to say no, to say no to things that they need to do to, to definitely embrace new challenges. And, you know, they'll hopefully all be, you know, new experiences going to college and going into under 20 and senior ranks and their brilliant experiences to say yes to. 
but there's also things you know potentially coming up in, in life that they maybe just have to say no to and that's okay too um so yeah enjoy it and and i say they've all done so well to get there and, and try and learn from it Len Swillies, Michael Murphy. Thanks so much for speaking to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. The best of luck uh, with ATU Donegal. Keep up the great work and uh, look forward to chatting to you soon. Good man. Thanks, John. Enjoyed it. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.